1: LinkedIn, the place to be, to be.
2: L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start.
3: L-A-S-I-K, Basic.com. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products
4: I'm off my game today.
5: No, you're not. That's true. People are going to have to start making better content. I think we're going to be talking about this for a long time. When you program for everyone, you
4: program for no one. I think it's that we're a purpose-driven platform. Like, we're trying to get to substance. How was that? Are you happy with that? Yeah. This is marketing therapy right now.
5: It really is. (laughs) What's up? I'm Laura Carrente. And I'm Alexa Kristen. Welcome back to Adlandia, episode 12. The Dirty Dozen. The Dirty Dozen. (laughs) And we got someone who's squeaky clean. Yes. Who's joining us, Keith Grossman, the CRO of Bloomberg Media. So excited to have Keith. He is, like, literally everywhere. We've known him for, actually, before he was at Bloomberg, when he was at Wired. And we think that Bloomberg is really interesting because they're well-positioned, not just as a media company, Right. But they have a portfolio of products. And something that we're going to talk about, I think, pre-Keith is they really own business audience in a different way. Right. And they have opportunity to break out because they don't have the legacy relationships um, to cable companies, to carrier fees, to those types of things that a lot of business news and media has today.
4: Yeah, I think one of the things that we should dive into a little bit that appears to be on everybody's mind These days is this idea of renting versus owning your audience. And I think the Facebook, Google duopoly, which basically owns the world. And this idea that publishers are feeling a squeeze, squeeze, squeeze is a nice word. Um, Basically saying like, look, we have no choice seemingly, but to put our content on these platforms for discovery, because this is where audiences are in the feed or in the nav bar, whatever the case may be um, within those Facebook, Google platforms and ecosystems. And so what does this leave us? With and we it talked. doesn't
5: leave us with audience right that we right. actually own and we yeah you were gonna say like we talked to David Platts on I don't remember what episode it was but about Atlas Obscura and he had a really smart really clear comment about what happens for publishers when they're just promoting on Facebook
4: right like you syndicate your content you put it out there because you can target right down to seemingly the person or very very close to and. They see your article, they see your video, but you don't create a relationship with them. No, They've kind of thanked Facebook for putting something relevant in their feed and they move on. And then it's like, was that Atlas Obscura or was that Expedia or was that Airbnb? I don't know. Yeah, But did it matter? No, because I read the content and I moved on. Yeah, And I think his point was...
5: You don't own it. You don't right. own audience. And then what do you do? How do you actually create a relationship that can go further and actually can be monetized in meaningful ways to the publisher or brand? from a financial perspective and from a building out product perspective, but also you're doing it based on what the audience wants and likes and you're super serving them.
4: Right, which brings an interesting intersection in the industry and the fact that, you know, you would then go to Bloomberg because you know that people are engaging with that brand, where I think what David Plotz was getting to was if I'm a brand Why do I need to go to Atlas Obscura when I can just cut through and build similar content and use Facebook's platform and audience to reach that same demographic? Because they reach that same
5: person, right? Right.
4: And so that puts media companies on their back foot to say, what else do we have in this house that we can offer to brands to engage them
5: from a unique point of view? This is classic marketing, right? You don't build a product because you need to build a product, right? To, to monetize. You build a product to serve a market need. Right. Right. And this What's is what, the market need. Right. And then you
4: go in. And I think one of the most astonishing things in this industry is for many of the larger media companies, I don't even think they've begun to tap into or think about that or think about exactly yeah. like, what do I have within the confines of this company that nobody else can produce? So, if you come to me, Hulu, or you come to me, ESPN, or you come to me, insert, you know, expert in this industry to the table and say, yeah, we can give you eyeballs and audience, but actually, I want to offer you intelligence. Yeah. I want to educate you on what people are doing in their homes, sun up to sundown around streaming, binging. I'd rather pay you for that, Hulu than some Nielsen data set that's six months old.
3: Ah, yes!
4: <laughs> <laughs> that um, is a 1,000-person sample, and we don't know who those 1,000 people are. Yep. So diversify your portfolios, people. Come to us with something other to sell than a 300 by 250. And after this break, we're going to wake up on a Magic Tuesday with Keith always on Grossman, and the And no 300
5: by 250s.
4: <laughs> we'll be back with Keith Grossman from Bloomberg.
0: My dad works in B2B marketing LASIK LASIK.com.
6: Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate?
8: Perfect home, sweet home.
5: So we're back with Keith Grossman, the CRO of Bloomberg. Welcome, Keith.
9: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
5: A buddy of ours, long time. And if anyone doesn't know Keith, then something's wrong with you. Yeah, him.
4: you need to be on Instagram.
5: <laughs> you need to be on. If you're not, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, you, you
4: don't need to know be Keith. On Instagram, but you, you should follow Keith on right. Instagram. Exactly. What's your Insta handle?
9: Uh, I try to make it very simple. Keith Grossman. <laughs>
4: I love it. So Keith, you were actually before we get into all of the fun things happening at Bloomberg Media, tell everybody your favorite market
9: No, it's Marketoonist. Oh, sorry. Tom Fishburne. If you don't follow him on Instagram, he's amazing. But uh, he's a cartoonist who does cartoons that depict the ridiculousness of our industry. Which is also
4: the impetus of the show.
9: I I know. This is why (laughs) I bring it up. I think it's it's great. But my favorite all-time cartoon is, because I have a three-year-old daughter, Ellie, and um, it's a father and he is... Sitting next to his daughter at bedtime, she's in her bed, and uh, the caption is, she's holding a book, and it says, Daddy, will you read me this piece of branded content tonight? <laughs> <laughs> and that's your litmus test? I have yet to find an editor that finds it funny. but um, <laughs> I love that. but No, but in all seriousness, I think that it represents a really important aspect of our industry, which is... There is a point where when you digitize content and you put it online, nobody distinguishes between whether or not it is sponsored or if it's editorially driven. Uh, they only see it as sponsored if it is bad. Yep. Interesting. And I think that the two of you from I just knowing you that. both for years would agree 100% on we that. We
4: do. But we do. So tell us a little bit about what you've got going on at Bloomberg Media and you've just come off the upfronts and a lot of news that came out of that.
9: Twitter. Uh, Twitter streaming. Yeah. News. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> sure. So I don't know if you how familiar you are with what Twitter's doing in terms of where they're looking at their business, but as they realize that one of the areas that they can grow on is in terms of moving away from text based messaging and moving more towards video streaming. We had the very fortunate Ability to take the existing partnership that we've had with Twitter and, you know, parlay it into uh, ultimately what will be a 24-7 live breaking news uh, social network that will go on there in uh, November 15th is what we're, date we're aiming for and it's uh we're going to be the exclusive news network of Twitter through 2018 and uh you know the response in the marketplace has been amazing
4: was the coverage that you did of the 2016 election A proxy
9: for that Uh, during the election cycle, one of the things that we realized was we have huge advantage uh, by not having the authentication requirements that other cable providers have. So we could stream over the top to, you know, Apple TV and Samsung Smart Hubs and the Roku devices. But then Twitter approached us and we were able to also partner with them and stream the presidential debates. The first one comes around, we have 2.1 million people watching us on Twitter. Yeah. Second one comes around, we have 2.4 million. The third one comes around, we have 3.2 million people who are watching this. So we're really on to something. This is very interesting. Right. Following that, we went to Twitter and we struck an agreement where we took three non-endemic shows that we broadcast every day on Bloomberg's linear TV, which is Bloomberg Daybreak America, our morning show, Bloomberg What'd You Miss, which is from with Joe Wiesenthal, who joined us about a year and a half ago, two years ago from uh, Business Insider, and Bloomberg Technology. And uh, every day since October, we've been broadcasting these three shows. You could just watch them live on Twitter. The same type of experience. And we have about a million people a day who tune in and watch this.
4: How does that rival your linear audience? It's significantly it's larger. A, yeah. I mean,
9: it's just, it's a huge area. You know the answer.
4: I know, but I want <laughs> yes. else to know.
9: But, but picture this, right? So Bloomberg's linear TV has always been very niche, very specific, yes. very focused on the financial core industry, which is why we chose three shows that were non- Core right, based on the success of those three shows that we had, that's what led to the Twitter deal. But if you want a stat, and this is where I was saying how you know granular do you want to get, but this is something that I think you would really love. Um, if you want a stat that blow, will blow your mind, when the Comey testimony took place, we were the only camera in the courtroom that could live stream it over Twitter. Right. And that was
4: a part of your Twitter exclusivity?
9: Well, yeah. I mean, we just, uh, Twitter came to us and they said, do you want to live stream this as well? And at the last minute, we just said yes. We thought it made sense. It was also good proof of concept. We learned so much about this. And, you know, a lot of what we're learning with the uh, viewing experience over Twitter is very similar to when, like, I launched uh, and worked on the launch with my team on uh, the tablet edition of Wired back in 2010, where you think you know everything until consumer behavior starts Starts, taking place and you start realizing a lot. But we do the Comey live stream, and 2.7 million people watched the Comey live stream over the Twitter feed through the Bloomberg feed, right? Wow. Um, to give you a comparison, 19.5 million people in total watched the Comey testimony on cable television. So we had the 0.13 Nielsen rating on Twitter. But to give you an even bigger example, during the Comey testimony, not only did 2.7 million people watch it 3.6 million tweets took place during that ceremony that during that testimony
5: God, and it was not a ceremony it was not a ceremony <laughs> <laughs> it, well it depends no what side of ceremony. the aisle you're on
9: yeah <laughs> <laughs> that we're not talking about today. Yeah. <laughs> no but um but of the 2.7 million 88 percent were under the age of 35 it's awesome so if you want to talk about cord cutting being a real stat you know cord shaving being a real issue This is the reality of streaming and video content. You know, the word TV is not gonna go away. But it will evolve. You know, my daughter, your your daughter will look at the world and they'll say, I want to watch TV. But they won't mean I want to watch linear TV. They don't have that relationship with their cable provider. They have the relationship with a screen and the viewing experience. That's right.
5: I mean, we've said a couple of things. I was talking to someone about this yesterday. Actually, I was like, why can Bloomberg do this? Why can they're actually ripe, right, for this type of relationship with Twitter? Because. You don't have the same relationships with cable. You don't have the fees and the contracts and the, right? You're not held to that old model, which is genius. It is totally open. It lets you guys play in areas that, no one probably can play in as quickly,
9: 100%. right? 100%, so I mean, we, we I, our goal is, is to ultimately be as aggressive as possible, to be as innovative as possible, but not just to do innovation for innovation's sake. I mean, you could just constantly say, I'm doing new, never done before, but at the end of the day for Bloomberg, the goal is is not to just do that and be the first, the goal has to be that there has to be utility to the user, right? Yes. So if you look at it, like that wasn't the same thing with when I was at Wired, and that's not a knock on Wired, But the expectation of the consumer audience is, is if it's new, Wired has to be there, right? If the expectation of Bloomberg is, is if it's new and you're there, it better add value to my life. And so the case of Twitter, it's very, it makes a lot of sense. In the case of, you know, uh, Amazon Alexa, us giving, you know, the updated news feed, you know, is very important. Us being on the Echo show the day at launch is very important. Us being on, you know, even the iWatch, like for certain things and on Samsung's smartwatch upon launch. Very important. Us playing with VR, eh, like we do it, right? But the reality is, is you know, it's such a small niche area in the grand scheme of uh, the consumers who adopt it and actually play with it that there's no huge payoff to be in that area. Now, from, not yet. Not yet. But, but again, we have talked about this. I know. But I would say it's about… The year 2020, that VR actually scales. And at that point, I would point out that maybe AR is more interesting than VR.
5: So talk to us about studio. Like, talk to us about what do you do? What is Bloomberg, you know, do you have an ad innovation lab? Are you doing anything? Like, not that you need it, right? But, like, do you have something where you're actually looking at how are we going to change the experience, you know, whether it's incrementally or not for these new types of screening Devices and, it, and yeah.
4: experiences. And is it ad content? Because we've talked quite a bit well, back and forth with Alexa I mean, yeah. and I in meetings with you, you know, about is content really the first thing that Bloomberg should be monetizing? We're like, we've always been interested in the intelligence angle and say, we've like shook you, right? It's like, you can't get this shit anywhere. Like, this is amazing.
9: Wait, is this like an N, a, a, like a, a R-rated uh, podcast? Well, you there's know, no, no FCC, there's, so it's okay. no, Oh, this yeah. is fantastic. Yeah, no, you concur. No, I'm trying to call down on this right now. <laughs> um, so to answer your question, I would say um, a few things. So can I step back for one second sure. on it? Which is, um, I think that it's very easy for people to speak and defend. Right. So people will say things like uh, people hate advertising. And I think that that's bullshit. You excuse just sent mind, me the right? book End of no, Advertising by
5: Andrew Essex. 100%, by 100 percent.
9: But the whole premise of the End of Advertising by Andrew Essex, which I thought was a very fun. We're going to have him
5: on the show. Hopefully, uh, uh, Andrew, you're coming mm-hmm. on the show. It's
9: a, he knows I bought 300 copies of the book. I think I'm his number one purchaser. Probably. Right? It was, uh,
5: I've been seeing Keith
4: Grossman pop-ups on other people's channels now of notes from Keith. I know eyes. I love so I now you're that penetrating
5: everybody's it's hilarious on LinkedIn and then I was like where's my book I got kind of like jealous I, I, didn't like, got, one my book?
9: I got a note from your person that I was sending it to the wrong address and I didn't get one it the only this. time I you sent did I you one I, you all, okay. I have yeah. one you'll get <laughs> so, one tomorrow <laughs> okay. anyway I did I got
5: jealous when I saw this guy's note and I was like where's my note the next day you like I that? got my I so got all the books book. go at the same time thank you I just want to know who's writing those notes is it you no
9: way. Yeah. My hand fucking hurts. Excuse <laughs> <laughs> me. Um, no, but here, you know, like I think people want to say that, that that advertising's dead or this is awful. It's bad advertising. Nobody wants bad advertising. Nobody wants it to, to be intrusive or offensive nah, or bothering And like the whole point of his book is when all you're doing is creating to create and you're not actually thinking about what the experience is then all of a sudden you're missing the bigger point and when you're trying to force feed like or force fit something into the wrong canvas or the wrong experience or the wrong expectation it's a big miss but if you look at one of the most amazing elements of advertising and the two examples that he gives in the book and now you might not even need Andrew (laughs) Essex on this show you're his rep I am pretty much you know his PR on this but if you you look at the premise and he gives two really good examples which were um, you know City Bike which did a tremendous amount for, you know, the city brand in terms of um, lifting it up from where it was from 2009 Bail to out. today, yeah. right? Um, it adds a tremendous amount of utility. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind that, that it is paid off on its ROI, regardless of what the metric is worth, and that it's worth every penny of what that investment was. And then take something on the flip side of it, like... The Lego movie, which I think cost something like forty million dollars and it paid off four hundred million dollars in box office sales. I'm curious to know, are brands coming
4: to you still looking for what I'll call the stereotypical business decision maker and asking for very monotonous things, digging bloomers. Yeah, deliver B2B (laughs) marketing strategy, or are you finding that new brands or presumably you know, repeat brands are coming in now, starting to diversify that ask and expecting you to help them kind of paint this picture of what the next-gen business consumer looks like.
9: It's not neither or, but here's like a really interesting stat. And, you know, obviously as a private company, we don't go into, you know, a lot of our financials, but I'll give you just sort of a glimpse. Um, When you look at the partnerships of ours that um, partner with us on one or two platforms, we have a normalized attrition rate, let's say 70, 30%. When you find a partner who looks at how can we engage across your platform and talk to your consumers across three platforms, that attrition rate actually goes down from 30% or 20% to, you know, like 15%. In four platforms, it goes down even more. Five platforms, it becomes non-existent. We almost find that we are, you know, having conversations with these partners that are completely um, more about the idea and how to bring the idea to life than just a where um, it's going to go is it going to run and where it's going to go. Yeah. So we our most successful partnerships are at that higher end of the spectrum where people say idea first and how can you bring it to life or what's the strategy or at the programmatic end of the spectrum, which is growing, you know, triple digit percentages off of low comps. But it will be a significant eight figure revenue stream this year. Um, up from essentially zero back in the end of 2013, early 2014. And so the area that, that we're really losing out on or we're seeing disappear are these here's an RFP, just respond and, you know, give us placement where we could just run some ads. I can't
0: yeah, I feel people like people that's are still become,
5: doing that. well, I think that's become pretty in vogue not to RFP now.
9: Yeah. Right. Like, but even generally. if it's not, it's even if it's on RFP, it's sort of even the like I have like a few hundred thousand dollars. Can you just run this on you know, X. X? Like, it's just not happening as much.
4: Yeah. And I just think that it's it's an interesting time where, you know, what you just talked about are polar opposite sides of the spectrum. And so this idea of like what exists in the middle represents a really indist- interesting Uh, paradigm shift for this industry it's like you've got one end of the continuum that is pushing innovation and ideation and really strong strategic it seems like for you going deep vertically and really getting the best experience for spreading yourself thin horizontally is the way to best use your platform and then you've got the other guys that are after this really lucrative audience of business decision makers, investors, and what have you.
9: I mean, the one thing to remember with programmatic is it's I was going to, yeah, I want to go in there. My definition of programmatic is this belief that anything that can be digitized will ultimately be digitized, and if it is digitized, it will be bought and sold by computer. Okay, that's it.
5: Yep, agreed, we agree.
9: We made every mistake possible when we first started our programmatic approach back in 2014. And I, I fought myself for that. You know, I came on board and I fought you too. Time, no, no, <laughs> no, it was, I, and I will gladly, you know, I learned more through my mistakes than, than any other area, uh, you know, in the past few years uh, in the programmatic area where in year one, uh, you know, we made the wrong partnerships and we, we had the wrong perception of programmatic. We had the wrong perceptions to go to market strategy. And I mean, to give Google credit and they don't get a lot of credit, a lot where people are, are complimenting them to the level that they deserve, like their Google AdEx team and the people that we work with over there have been absolutely phenomenal in sort of helping us course correct and look at how we should be building our stack properly and how we should be thinking about, you know, go to market. And one of the things that we did with them and it was an eye opening test was on a random day, uh, we opened up our inventory and we sold it at one dollar. On the open exchange, and then a week later, on the exact same day, you know, and with like no major sort of Variance, changes or yeah. variances, we opened up the exact same inventory and we sold it at a hundred dollar CPM, and the exact same advertisers bought it at a hundred dollars as they bought it at one dollar, and it was just an eye opening moment for us where it showed that like a lot of times people think that that you have to just give away the inventory at one dollar, and if you have premium inventory. Um, you know, there's a lot that you should be thinking about more than just how do I move it?
4: In our last episode, we just talked about the idea that, yeah. like, if that's the inventory we have to use right now, and, and that's as far as programmatic has advanced, why aren't we taking measures and steps to at least be innovative within that creative space?
5: Exactly. So, so that we can change that outcome so that you can wake up that Tuesday. We can all wake up on that glorious Tuesday. <laughs> ah,
9: and there is no 300 by 250. I love this Tuesday thing. Can this last forever? Yeah, there's a Giving
4: Tuesday. We should make our own (laughs) (laughs) advertising. So we have
5: a little game that we play. Oh, I was hoping we were going to do it. (laughs) We're going to play it with you. We're going to play with you. This is a Keith that I rarely see. This like very composed. Well, you're always composed, but it's like this very kind of like placid. You, You, when we're in meetings, you're like. He's not He's not selling right now he's dead nah. he's so
6: this is a conversation <laughs> he doesn't okay, sell with
5: guys. us okay, so. wink wink um, <laughs> all right, so kill by DIY. this is a very special game, Keith Grossman. are you willing to take the plunge? the plunge okay, so what so what, defined, would what, what would you kill? What would you kill in this
4: industry What, what would, would you, you buy? buy,
5: and what would you do it yourself <laughs> <laughs>
9: Okay, can you give me an example? Yeah,
5: so some people say I would kill Netflix, I would buy Amazon, and I would DIY.
9: Do Twitter yourself. Yeah. And would that mean start afresh? And, uh, yep.
5: Yeah, yep. Yeah, you can yep. do it better. You can do it better. Okay, so um,
9: if I could kill anything, it would be uh, uh, traditional spots. Uh, TV spots, said, like TV spots, thirty seconds, the thirty seconds, and the three hundred by two fifties, and the seven twenty traditional. In that regard, real estate, yes, inventory.
5: Uh, I uh, hate. You know what I hate? Oh I hate standards. You, you
9: hated
4: me?
5: No, I would you, never you, hate the way you. that you just said. No, that. I, you know, you were just like one thing. I hate, know. and we've we've talked about this. Laura had a great you know, rant one day about um, the the pre roll. Ad And like Joe Marchese of Fox just came out saying that they're going to do six, six second ads, I think, um, with YouTube. So like shorter formats. But I have this huge issue every time I hear 30 seconds. It's just it's not the length of time either. I had this standard ad today. format. It's like, to your point, going back to Daddy, will you read me branded content? It's like, give me something that's good and I'll watch it for 33 seconds for 11 seconds for and I just I
9: just want I want that look at the Geico ad the two second ad that like does everything in two seconds and then it pauses and then like Everything continues on against a pause screen, except for one variable, like the dog <laughs> yeah, walking away. And it was like you watch it forever. And if you, you know, like a great example of like one of my favorite ads that um, that I watched. Get closer. Oh, sorry. Uh, see, now I was uh, so laid. <laughs> back, You're so laid. I know. I'm so laid back. I'm like sitting back in the room. But no. <laughs> but um, you know, like my one of my favorite recent ads that I've that I've seen is. Um, uh, the Nike race to break two hours, yeah. Um, which great I marathons. Is, yeah, I mean, marathons first stuff. off, talk about an amazing ad. I watched, I rooted, I rooted. I, well, I rooted, I retweeted. I, you know, but was that uh, an shared. ad?
4: Because, in my opinion, that like it, it delivered on the brand, it was ad but format, it was, inter- it was entertainment,
5: it was, but it was still in ad format and it was still in like what two minutes. Like oh, when no, it launched, so it was like, like I mean, a ninety second spot they, or something. They
9: created all the supporting content for it. They had much longer form stuff. If I wanted to get it, I watched and I continued to engage with it. I mean, I, I don't know if like I I think that that's just just great content. If people
5: are only watching three seconds of video on Facebook, could we start selling second increments?
8: Like, well, if I people, have a, wanted I an interesting to, right? new perspective. Like if you wanted on to this. do
5: an eleven second ad. If you wanted to do a fourteen-second ad, well, so if you like wanted to my do my big
9: issue with time is not that that it's a bad metric. I actually think it's, it's not a bad metric. metric. The problem is is that there's no standardization to understand if time is good or not good, right? So if you take time, by the way, is the best equalizer of I any think... sort of of the whole industry. Like it's the only commodity that every single person has the exact same amount of. It's the only commodity that you can't hoard, right? That's right. So like you have to actually give it away every day. Um, and
5: it's the only commodity that's being completely challenged, correct. right?
9: Like and and but then here's the issue, right? Without a standardization of time, if I said to you, um the average time on my site reading an article was 5 minutes, you would say that's a really good engagement. But what if I then told you that the only article that I was referencing off was like a picture of a gerbil? <laughs> Or like 50 words, uh, like then then you actually have someone who's a really slow reader. Um, Whereas, you know, like you have to actually start to understand like how time should be measured and standardized against content that inspires you or informs you or entertains you, which is all going to be completely different. Once they solve that standardization of time, then it becomes a really impressive and valuable commodity. But until then, like there's no really great way in which you could say that all time can be equal or like three seconds on one side is That's worth more or less That's guys i point. have
4: a whole new can, perspective on this can i say In
5: when last you say wait, 24 can, 24 wait 24 can i say something i'm jumping on my pants wait, Juan, when he <laughs> said when keith when you said they haven't solved it yet guess who the they is
9: it's us. i know as an it's industry. Awesome. So I have a thought. I, I, I have, I have, no,
7: I have
5: my heart's racing. Okay. <laughs> so
7: this is what happens I, all I the time. Can I sit back for this? Because I'm not going to talk, talk to totally the next episode. You can totally leave. Okay, so I'm going to sit back.
9: <laughs> and my and only, to it it might take only be three, three okay. seconds. Take, so. your, take so. your shoes <laughs> off. <Okay. But> we <laughs> have <laughs> an option.
7: Yeah, is Do whatever you want. Hey, look.
4: So I had a meeting recently with Vice. And I actually think that Viceland is doing this better than anybody. and they been telling
5: me this. They
4: have an... I am not a rabid consumer of the platform. Um, I sometimes scan what's happening on Viceland. If I catch something interesting, I'll tune in. I'm also not a, I am a cord cutter. I'm not somebody who sits in front of my TV. I'm lucky I get five seconds to go to the bathroom these days. But I think what's interesting about what Viceland um, says in their presentations, which I actually think is something they need to bring to the forefront and exploit. They use this term that they are or they believe that they are the stickiest network when it comes to use of what they call interstitials, which is what the industry would call commercial time. And they don't give a shit if it's programming in five minutes or it's programming in five seconds. They seek to make whatever that time is they need to fill in content as educational, aspirational, informational, whatever it is, but it's fucking entertaining and it is not meant to, hawk a brand. It's meant to provide some sort of value exchange within whatever that length of time is. And they seek to fill it with the most important content for whatever That's that point is. And so I think like, you know, you said what is Joe Marchese's coming out with six second ads on Fox and you've got Turner pushing two minute pods and less of them. But in reality, are we just perpetuating bad behavior and trying yeah. to use time as a way to you know, solve. I I I agree that I don't. I no, don't actually. Be,
5: the content has the content has to be. I actually don't think time's is right? the issue. I think it's it's the content. It is the content, but the the time thing is like part of the equation, right? And as someone said this to me, um, her name is um, Addie, and I can't remember her last name right now, but from Decoded, and she said something the other day, and she was like, "Listen, at the end of the day, we have a huge time issue." Right. You have more and more content flooding and less and less time to look at it. So you have a time and space issue that's occurring. And so I do think that that's important. But you're talking about quality. Yeah. I would say whatever. in the camp in, of
4: quality. If you put something compelling, I don't care if it's 20 minutes or 20 seconds. If it's great content, I'm going to
5: watch it.
9: That's totally right. Yeah, I agree with you. We, but uh, anyway, well, this is your
5: game. Oh yeah, this is <laughs> your game. Sorry. So you get you were killing I was, I was really
9: thrilled I was deflecting <laughs> sorry. you guys for so
5: long. I'm sorry. No, it was, it was so all right, you're killing. You're standardization. killing standardization.
9: standardization. Um if I get so buy is defined as As it is today. Like I would just I like go out and acquire you're like
5: this needs to be a part of what I'm doing. A Bloomberg whatever whatever
9: he's gross you might I say you
5: that... want to buy a nathan Sot dog i mean <laughs> <laughs> like stand not one not one dog
9: Wolfs. um that's <laughs> <laughs> i would i i would i would buy amazon like i think that the infrastructure i hope you got they're... a lot of money <laughs> I, I, listen, I think i think that what they're doing is so interesting i think that they're laying a, a ecosystem on top of you know platforms that that can engage with the consumer, and that at the end of the day, like the Alexa, you know, is just another touch point. The Echo Show, just another touch point. Their homepage, their mobile experience, just another touch point, and and they can provide services at a level that I think is just so endlessly fascinating. Um, my my do it better would be uh, buy it would be like a third party measurement in Facebook or Google.
5: <laughs> yes,
4: I love it. Well, Lots Keith, Keith Grossman, Grossman, he never disappoints.
9: Well, thank you so much for having me on
4: this. Evening. And if people want to get in touch with you,
9: where can they find you? Uh, K Grossman ten at bloomberg dot net.
5: So really, ten of you?
9: No, I listen. <laughs> bloomberg goes by like weird numbers, and but I'll tell you this: is that you know, like as you know, uh, my best athleticism is uh, emailing. That is the
4: t- right. And that I wore is number true. ten when I played soccer, so I knew I liked you.
9: Awesome. It's a .net, (laughs) not .com.
5: Anyway, thank you for coming on. Thanks for coming
4: on. We wish you much success. We are excited to see the launch of Bloomberg 24-7. What is the name of the show or the network? The network is to be named.
5: Let's not make it
9: Bloomberg verified. Well, I think that ship has sailed. I'm just kidding. You're not even... Why do you have to end on such a mean <laughs> note? Right? We, we can like, cut it. I no, liked, you, we'll can, cut you, of... you can keep. keep no, this I kind of... in? no, I want you to keep you... I, want, I want the world to see the Alexa I know. Exactly. <laughs> I never... This is it. Exactly. A... He said it. He said, said it. 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 This is it. Right? I love it. And on that, what's Thanks for coming. We're always
5: razzing you. No, it's totally fine.
9: You know, I'm very sensitive. I'm going to go home and cry. <laughs>
5: Keith Grossman, CRO, Bloomberg.
4: Everyone, Thanks thank Keith.
9: you. Thank you.
5: So that's it. Dirty Dozen. Keith Episode Grossman. 12. Squeaky clean, Keith Grossman. <laughs> Thank you for uh, listening to Adlandia. Keith, thanks for being on. We have a few more thanks. Cameron Drews, our producer. What up, Cameron Drews? Matt Turk. Our other executive producer, who, by the way, Matt, where the hell are you? I don't know. I just emailed him. I said, when are you you coming to New York?
4: I want that guy's life. Living in Sun Valley. Yeah, riding sources. We'll be waiting for you here in Brooklyn. With Andy Bowers. Andy Bowers, (laughs) who we love. Jacob Weisberg, who's just always a gem we see around the office. Thank you for all of your support. All of our friends in Atlantia, especially on Twitter, blowing it up. We are having so much fun engaging with you, answering
5: your questions. Keep them coming. We're going to actually open up lines. So keep engaging with us. Keep talking to us about things because we will open up lines and have a really good conversation with all of the people who are engaging with us on Adlandia um, across the different platforms. So we'll be back with an all new Adlandia in two weeks with one of
4: our favorite girl boss executives, Linda Boff, CMO of GE. Have a good one, everybody.
9: When people think that this is the scariest time in the industry, I couldn't disagree more. I think that this is the most fascinating time in the industry (laughs) as long as you're willing to, you know, disregard necessarily sort of like the way things were and you start almost dreaming as to what is possible. It's unbelievably exciting. Full disclosure,
4: our opinions are our own.